0: there, I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Now, I know I say that every week, um, but I really do believe it. I have experienced it. I have witnessed it. And um, it's what you can find may not always be there in the beginning of your loss. However, at some point, I do believe it is there. Sometimes we have to search for it, uh, but something will arise that will uh, you will find as a changing factor in your life that is changing you to be a better person. Uh, I totally believe that about loss, and I think that's what's so amazing about experiencing loss. So thanks for tuning in. I am always grateful for your presence. If this is your first time as a listener, welcome. This is a show where I really do my best to cover all types of loss and what can be found in them, it's really not a doom and gloom hour because there is always humor mixed into the insight. So, you know, get comfortable and uh, join me for the next hour and my guest. I, I do want to remind you that Lost and Found uh, is uploaded as a podcast and you can download it through your favorite podcast site. And of course, on 1150kknw.com. As you listen to the show, if you have any questions, any comments or perspectives that you would like to share, please just email me. You can do that, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. You can visit my Facebook page, Lost and Found Seattle, and share any thoughts there as well. I do hope that you enjoyed the Encore presentation uh, last week uh, with the author, Rosales Peel, when she was discussing her book, Mike and Me, she wrote that over several years um, after uh, her husband died of dementia. And I had to do an encore presentation because I had that nasty respiratory illness that is running around in the Seattle area. Um, so uh, just know that I am better. But I do still kind of have some coughing going on, so I think Eric, my producer, will be able to take care of that if that starts coming about. Uh, so if you hear some any kind of long pauses, just know that perhaps I'm I'm coughing. Uh, anyway, I, I do hope you enjoyed it. it it's uh, it was a great interview. I think when it originally aired, and her book, Mike and Me, is is amazing. So as always, I encourage folks to to check that out. Um, I do want to take a moment and let you know about some upcoming shows. Next week, we're going to be looking at navigating the holidays. It is uh, that time of year again, and if you're someone that's recently lost someone or just in the the past year especially, holidays can be a a difficult time, so you'll want to tune in because we're going to look at some specific things that you can do, and I will encourage you to make a plan for yourself in uh, what you want to do with this time and a plan for your family if that's um, applicable. So... And if you're supporting someone this year, that's also going to be helpful if you would tune in because I'm going to be talking about some specific ways that you can support folks that are grieving and are going through this time uh, for the first time. And, And, you know, I get feedback that, hey, it's been a few years and still something will come up that I wasn't prepared for. So any type of loss that you have had, this is going to be a show that could be worthwhile to you. And I'm um, in touch with a, a few authors that I'm really excited about coming on. We're uh, working on a few dates for them to to join the show, but it's a couple ladies each have experienced some significant loss and but have been transformed, and what they have found in these losses is amazing. So um, I'm not going to say any more about it. it uh, just keep tuning in because you will not want to miss them when they are on. I do want to... Um, do a little disclaimer. Today's topic of loss is regarding women and or couples who have experienced a miscarriage, stillbirth, infant death. And I want to let you know up front in case this topic is, you know it might be too sensitive for some folks. Um, and so I want you to be able to um, prepare for that. I, I think that uh, the person that I have here is is going to be, uh, you know, really give us some insight into these types of losses and how to be supportive of individuals and couples that have experienced this type of loss. But before I bring her in, I want to just kind of look at some t- statistics. I, w- I was pretty surprised when I was looking, um, you know, in America, we think we're just really on top of the world with a lot of things. and when I was looking at um, the some of the statistics regarding, um, pregnancy and, and what can go on in America out of other countries, I, I was quite surprised. Um, first of all, 10 to 25 of, percent of all recognized pregnancies end in miscarriage for, for multiple reasons. So likely you know someone that has had a miscarriage, if perhaps maybe you have yourself. And I think that's this is one reason the show is going to be really beneficial is because when it comes to difficulties when it comes to especially deaths. We never know what to say to people. And sometimes we say some things that we mean to be helpful and aren't. So um, listening in today, you're going to be able to get some of those responses of, of how to be supportive. But anyway, 10 to 25 percent of all recognized pregnancies end in miscarriage. One out of every 160 pregnancies are stillbirths. And um, I was I was surprised by that. that. That seems to be a really high number for for uh, a westernized country. And there is this, um, out of 36 modernized countries, there is, um, it's an organization that uh, looks at economic development and looks at social development and looks at health-related topics, and they rate 36 countries. And Mex- um, Mexico, Turkey, and Chile are ahead of us in the amount of deaths that we have for um, for uh, each each uh, birth, and we rank fourth in the most uh, infant deaths out of these thirty six countries. Um, the European countries, especially Iceland, ranks um, the last, where they have, I believe, only two two deaths out of that. So, it's really important topic, and it's one that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with. And I want to um, the person that I that I have on today. i I've wanted to, I want her to wanted her to be here. So she would be able to share her knowledge and with all of us and, um, help us better understand, uh, the process of what folks are experiencing and how to support them. And I, I think we all, because I believe we all do know somebody that has been in this type of a situation. I think this is going to be, um, a really important hour. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, I'll introduce my guest and, um, Stay tuned. I'm Kathy
1: Cooper. This is Lost and Found. We'll be right back. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, Valuing Independence and Care for All. Contact Kelly today at 425 931 2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9 30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, What do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at 1-800-964-1553. That's 1-800-964-1553.
0: Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out
1: 1150kknw.com.
0: Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters. And through every loss, something can be found. My guest today is Lori Levy. She is a certified doula, and she has been certified since 2001. She is certified with PALS, and she is a she is certified as well as a trainer with DONA, which is an organization of doulas. And she's going to have to get that all the, <laughs> She, we, we were going over this, and I should just let her introduce herself, but the important thing is she has a master's in counseling, although it's not social work. It is okay that she is here on the show as a counselor, and um, she is a licensed massage therapist. She, um, In her spare time, she has three boys, which are all redheads, three dogs, and three chickens, and um, I really appreciate her being here, and thank you, Lori, for coming, and let's start with Doula. You are a bereavement doula. Let folks know what that is. Um, Okay, sure.
2: And thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So, yeah. So I've been a doula since 2001. And um, a doula in general, before I get into the bereavement work, provides emotional, physical, and informational support to folks who are pregnant and who are laboring. And we typically meet with people before... Uh, births, although well, not always. Sometimes we're just kind of thrown in the midst of things and then we're with them during the birth and then we also meet with people afterwards. So mm-hmm. We're kind of filling mm-hmm. this this gap in the, our healthcare system. And the, it, kind of like our our special thing is that we do the emotional support. We're the only person in, in a birth space who's got a little distance who's um, um, and who's there really to watch for how's that person doing emotionally because, you know, birth is a big deal, right? Yes. It's not like your appendix where yes. you don't have an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Um, so even clients who I work with who are like, I just want to come through this alive. I find that at the, at the other end, once they've given birth, they they never say that. They're like, oh, that that was big. It's not mm-hmm. just, you know, another day at work. So um, that's what doulas do in general. And bereavement work is um, is working with people with any kind of loss. Mm-hmm. There are folks who do what they call full-spectrum doula work And so they support people um, who are um, giving birth and planning a family. They support people who are having abortions. They support people who are anticipating a loss or who have experienced a loss while they're pregnant or or anticipating a loss after birth or around the time of birth. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I specifically, at this point in time, I work with the Swedish Hospital doula program. I'm contracted with them. And um, a couple of years ago, there was a grant written. Specifically to work with maternal-fetal medicine and to support people who were uh, who had had a, a perinatal loss, or oh, were anticipating nice. a loss shortly yeah.
0: after, yeah. And so I've been working with them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think the emotional part, I, I that mm-hmm. is what I find fascinating mm-hmm. because you know we're always so focused on the physical. You mm-hmm. know, your doctor's appointments. You have all right. your stuff ready. You get your room ready. Right. You get your clothes. Right. You get all of this ready. <clears> so talk a little bit about what you're finding emotionally folks are going through, just in general, being pregnant and, mm-hmm. and starting to deliver. And then we'll talk a little bit about what you're finding, obviously, once yeah. they they find out something about their infant. Sure.
2: I mean, being pregnant is huge. Whether you anticipated being pregnant, whether it was an on-purpose or not on-purpose, everything changes. You mm-hmm. go through this period of time where no one knows that you're pregnant, but you know that you are, so you're it, you know, it's constantly on people's mind, and it's constantly emotionally weighing on them. You know, they're yes. like, I'm grocery shopping, and I'm pregnant, and I'm going to work, and I'm pregnant, and people don't know. And then when people do know, there's lots of questions. There's lots of advice giving. Um, mm-hmm. And it changes everything about who you are because you're going to become a parent. hmm um, it changes how society sees you because you're going to become, become a parent, parent. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And you get all kinds of advice and people expect you to behave in certain ways and want to they want to take your coffee away from you mm-hmm. and yes. things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then you have a kid and how you see things changes. Mm-hmm. People always say that and it's such a cliche, but it really does change how you view um, mm-hmm. your way of navigating through the world and, you know, people slow down driving more and they – like I, I – I, I parachuted a couple times, and I'm never going to do then that again, again until my kids are out of the house. <laughs> you know, it makes my uh, life insurance too high, but I'm also I'm just not going to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> until mm-hmm. my kids are yeah. adults. So, yeah,
0: yeah. you know, yeah. I, I just want to interject um, the Gottman training, mm-hmm. um, bringing home baby, which mm-hmm. I know Swedish has that training. Yeah. I, I talked to people about that. When I they went to with me. yes, I mm-hmm. went to the training um, to be certified, mm-hmm. and I was struck by the fact that Dr. Gottman said mm-hmm. that what was so profound when he first became a father and what fathers maybe don't realize is that immense vulnerability Mm -hmm. that they feel that they have never Mm -hmm. felt before and how that can change and how difficult it can be to deal with that. Right. And I think that's another side that we Mm -hmm. don't maybe focus on a whole lot is partner whoever. Right. And what they experience right. mm-hmm. through, throughout this by not maybe carrying the child, but they're still involved to experience such a, a profound right. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you talk to doulas, they'll, they'll bring that up all the time. Yeah. yeah. When,
2: I, when people interview with me, I remember reading one of the Gottman books and he talks about how he can predict if you're going to be happy and stay together by yes. asking questions. Yes. Right? Yeah. And one of the things that he talks about is how did you meet? And when people t- say, Oh, we met when we were drunk in a bar, do they say, Oh, we met and we were drunk in a bar? Or did they say, We met and we were drunk <laughs> in a bar? And that difference in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I talk to people about with their birth experience. I'm like, I want you to have that ladder. We met our baby. And, yeah. you know, it all hit the fan, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. I be- because I know that colors early parenting and I know that mm-hmm. colors. Whether or not people are going to have PTSD coming out of this experience, exactly, um, you know, and things can go textbook according to plan, and everyone's healthy, and things are great, and folks can still walk away from the birth experience feeling like, oh, that was that was lousy, and then every mm-hmm. time you look at this infant, you're thinking, oh, I love you, but wow, meeting you stunk, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's a heavy yeah. burden to carry, mm-hmm. and there, we yep. don't have space yes. in you know in our culture to we really don't. talk about that mm-hmm. about. You know anything negative? You're just supposed to be grateful for a healthy baby, exactly. And then I'm working with people who are not necessarily having healthy babies, or not mm-hmm. even going home with the baby at all, and you know all the all the baggage that goes with that. So trying so so much of what I do is is try to prep people when I meet with them beforehand about how do you meet this baby with the greatest joy possible in this situation. Okay, um, t- tell us a little bit about yeah. that. What what does that look like? Well, it looks like a lot of things. I mean, so much of what I do with folks, and I know that. Social workers do this as well, is that they normalize the experience. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to give birth to this baby who is, you know, might be only 20 weeks gestation out of 40 or maybe full term, but either has already passed away or is expected not to live very long after birth. And folks are like, how am I going to make that joyful? But, you know, it's still it's still their baby.
0: It is. Um, And I just want to stop. That's that is an important point. It's still their baby. It is still their baby and I think we as folks that want to support people Mm -hmm. that are going through this we have to recognize it is a child to them. Mm -hmm. It is their child. It is a child. Right. There's this
2: lovely BBC documentary about um, infant loss and one of the commentators in it says you know just because the baby died doesn't mean they don't love it. Yes. 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 You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's their child and they're going to, you know, whether they do it with people throughout time be, or not, they're always going to count that mm-hmm. baby among amongst their children. You know what I mean? Like if someone yes. has a loss. You know, I've met, they're always I've met, gonna say. I have, I have met you know, parents. Announce it to yes, people. I have mm-hmm. met
0: parents that have yeah. said that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had a friend back east. She had three miscarriages mm-hmm. and she had three children. She said, "I have had six children." I have had six children and three are living. Yeah, and I've noticed some, some people sometimes. would be uncomfortable with mm-hmm. that. And it's like, but there again, it mm-hmm. it is. It was their right, child. Right. And it really doesn't matter where people are along that
2: that journey mm-hmm. unless unless it does. There are definitely some people who will have an early miscarriage and they're like, well, I don't really feel attached. But there are some people who, mm-hmm. you know, miscarry very early and are still, you know, they have a name and they have, you know, if it's if it's a child that even if you didn't want them, right, even if you weren't yeah. planning on that because 50 percent of pregnancies are unplanned.
0: Oh, I didn't um, know that. 50
2: percent. So it doesn't <laughs> – I, I keep thinking back to planned or unplanned, but it's really not about that. It's just um, – yeah, it's still folks will still have this connection mm-hmm. when they do, and mm-hmm. that can start at any point. Um, and so people really feel that loss, and mm-hmm. I think that's especially hard when someone miscarries and no one knew, no one knew they were pregnant in the first place. So they're carrying around this. Not only was I pregnant, but now I've also had this loss. I've got mm-hmm. these. I've got to explain both of these things if I'm going to explain them at all. Yeah, um, if I want support, and that puts people in a really hard place. Yeah. So
0: you're meeting with a couple or the individual mm-hmm. or, and mm-hmm. you, let's say the situation is you know that the child is is either going to die mm-hmm. or or has already mm-hmm. died in womb mm-hmm. so what when you're looking at and walking talking with people and walking them through that right. let us know what what that looks like if you can
2: so typically i meet with them very soon after they've discovered either there's an anomaly or the baby has died Um, it's usually pretty soon afterwards Mm -hmm. um, because I'm getting brought in. We're getting a call from their, usually their physician, their midwife. And, um, and I will often meet with them attached to an appointment with their care provider. Um, And, you know, we get, we get deep very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm about to experience this birth experience with them and it's um, weighted in a way. Um, And a lot of what I do is just walk people through, here's what you can expect, which they would have heard, right? They're going to hear that from their care provider. They're going to hear that through their social worker. But I'm going to spend a lot more time talking about, you know, inherent decision points for you, what's important. I really want to get very quickly to, like, what do you value? You know, if this – if no matter um, when this baby showed up, you know, if this this baby were to go home with you and live with you, how would you want – what would you want greeting them to look like? And let's create that now, even if you're, you know, even if you're not going to be, even if this baby isn't alive anymore. Because you're validating that validating, this is their this child. This is their child. Yeah. And they need That's to grieve beautiful. that loss. And they need to, you know, and they need to welcome that baby first. Mm-hmm. I do work with some people who, um, you know, they, they will have a child with an anomaly. They know that they're not going to make it long after birth. They're not going to live long after birth. And they decide to, like, birth sooner um, they'll induce it 22, 23, 24 weeks um, because they want to meet them alive. They want to have that like brief moment mm-hmm. to just say their name or tell them to go easy or, you know, whatever it is. And that matters for them. Um, yeah. So we talk a lot about that. Like, what's important about this experience? When you walk away from this, what do you, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel accomplished? Do you want this baby to know they were loved? Do you want to make sure you feel loved? Do you feel. Is being in control a big part of this? Because there's so much that's out of their control that I hear exactly. that a lot. yes. That folks are like, I just need to keep my hands around something. And then um, we spent a lot of time normalizing, like, what do you do with your baby? Because mm-hmm. back in the day, you talk to people who had stillbirths or experienced an in infant loss, you know, not that many years ago. And they were encouraged not to hold the baby, exactly. not look at the baby, exactly. don't aim at the baby. They just whisk the baby away. Um, and we don't do that anymore. We certainly don't do that in Seattle. I don't know what they do in other places, but um, here we don't do that. We really want people to, you know, hold your baby, name your baby. You can dress the baby. You can give the baby a bath. You can bring the baby home and give them a tour of the house, you mm-hmm. know, and let the dog sniff the baby or or whatever you would have done if your baby had lived. And I think,
0: I think the reason that's so important is you are normalizing mm-hmm. the process. I, I'm— in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, there might be people listening to this yeah. that are like, what? You're yeah. going to do yeah. that? I know. <laughs> and it really, but obviously it, it's a choice. And I'm sure it you is. have some, yeah. some individuals and couples that, that don't want to mm-hmm. do that. And mm-hmm. then others that are like, wow, that's an option. That feels so right for me. Right. And I think what I'm hearing you say is what feels right, what for, feels them. right for them. And what's going to feel right for them like in the
2: moment, but also what's going to feel right for you next week, a month mm-hmm. down the road, 10 years down the road. Like yes. very often people flinch when we talk about taking photos. Yes. Because people are like, oh, that's, why yes. would we take it's photos? Morbid. A, why would you yeah. do that? Yeah, why would you take yes. photos of a dead baby? But of course you would. It's your child. Exactly. And this is, like, your one time to be with them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do all the things. Take thousands yes. of pictures because this is the only time you can do it. So really. And people really want that leader. They do. And they I think, really do. I think what is mm-hmm. important.
0: And I know I'm I, I not mean to be interrupting. I'm just trying to make some points You're for, excited, for the I audience. I know you can tell <laughs> uh-huh. is the fact that we, you know, if I'm supporting you, that mm-hmm. may sound like I can't believe you want to do that, but I need to support that mm-hmm. and encourage that. Or if I think I can't support that, then just step aside. But I think it would be, I, I don't know, I would assume it would be good if folks that are supporting people in this position don't try to talk them out of that. Oh, or, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but to be supportive in whatever mm-hmm. way they feel comfortable with recognizing right. this is their walk. I might feel weird about this, but this is right, their walk. Right, but it's not your baby. Exactly. Right. exactly. So, okay, exactly. I just want to kind of point that out yeah. for us all to, to yeah. realize that.
2: I mean, there's, you've probably seen this, there's that circle of, of support when someone loses someone or someone yeah. has a crisis event. And that you always, um, you support inward and you, um, you offer your support to the inner circle, to the person who's had the trauma um, and you seek support outwards. Yes. So if you're like, "Whoa, that that's not something I would do. That's not something you ever share with them." Yeah, you go outside and say, "Oh, I'm so sad," or "Oh, I'm so uncomfortable." Or exactly, all you offer those parents are your unconditional support. And if you can't do that, that's not the space for you to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you need to get out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so yeah. okay, you talk with them mm-hmm. about what they
0: value and how mm-hmm. they want to to have this mm-hmm. go.
2: Yep. And I offer them all the things. You know, do you want to do photos? Do you want to do imprints of the baby's feet? Do you want to take a lock of the baby's hair? Who's catching the baby at the birth? Mm -hmm. Because if I were working with someone birthing full term, that'd be a discussion. You know, do you Mm -hmm. want your physician or midwife to catch the baby? Or was your partner planning on catching the baby? Um, And there there are times when that's not appropriate. But but anything that we would typically talk about with um, any birth we're going to talk about there and I will keep telling people that like we're still welcoming your baby we're going to talk about all the things that I would talk with anyone about and there are just more things I want to talk about with regard to keepsakes I feel um,
0: like I feel like they have to be sitting there going oh this takes stress off of me it does I mean when I'm sitting mm-hmm. here listening to you mm-hmm. it's making me feel more relaxed about Good. this whole situ- type of yeah. situation mm-hmm. and I can only imagine having you know an audience you can't see Lori's face but there is a a warmth and a compassion mm-hmm. to it but Thank I can only you. imagine what that can do to them mm-hmm. because they're not being an anonymity. right they're being right because it's so
2: lonely they're being parents it's even with the statistics you cited people feel so alone mm-hmm. you know and it really isn't until someone experiences a loss of a child a miscarriage or a stillbirth or a loss later in pregnancy that um, that people start coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. and they're like oh that happened to me or that happened to my sister or that happened to whoever. That, yes. And then people start hearing hearing that support. But it can feel very, very lonely and very, very isolating. And like you can't get away from it because you're still walking around pregnant. yeah, And people constantly are like, oh my goodness, when yes. are you due? Yes. And then you have to say, oh, my baby has this anomaly and we're going to deliver in a week and we don't expect the baby to live. And Do you coach? Folks on that, yeah. and how kind of responses mm-hmm. that they want mm-hmm. to have, and people. do they want to have the response? Like who? Because it's yeah. okay for them to just take care of themselves, you know. And they don't they don't know anyone any answers. They don't know anyone any explanations. Um, but I but I find that the more people reach out, the more honest they are, the more they the more they get the love and the support back. Because the people again, it's it's so common, but you don't you don't really know until you're you're in it. And no one wants to talk about it mm-hmm. because they're like, what if I
0: make create that.
2: Yeah, you know, what if I what if I go there and it happens, you know, or um, yeah,
0: yeah, and that it's, just it's makes difficult. that makes me think of how often we do say to someone that is pregnant, you know, those things. When are you due, or mm-hmm. you know, this is so wonderful and exciting, and we mm-hmm. don't know it may not be what really is going on.
2: Yeah. yeah, it may not be wonderful mm. and exciting. Yeah, they have to constantly explain and yeah, um, you know, or even after someone's given birth, it, that it just keeps going on. It's yes. not like when. You know, you lose your own mother or father who are however many years older than you, and it's expected. Yes, right. You're not constantly carrying around a sign that says "My mother just died." But if you're pregnant, or someone knew you were pregnant, then they're like, "Oh, hey, mm-hmm. how do things go? How old's your baby now?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they have to, you know, every you're picking the scab off over and yes. over and over. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What What well, do you really do hard. with um the people when like how how did do you, blah, 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 lots of different thoughts. Do you mm. coach them on what to say to others? Like, um, hey, maybe a lot of them have friends that are mm-hmm. pregnant or have or are getting ready to have their babies. Right. And what that feels like for them mm-hmm. to see their, the, you know, that mother's joy. Yeah, we absolutely. Talk and about. And then, that. OK, mm-hmm. what are some things? Because I can also picture some folks listening now that mm-hmm. may be pregnant and knowing Hey, you know, my friend or I know somebody Mm -hmm. that it's not going so well and Mm -hmm. then they feel awkward. And so can we have a little bit of you tell us what you would recommend for both sides? You know, for the person who has experienced the loss or is about to, Mm -hmm. uh,
2: it's entirely up to them. If they some people feel okay going to baby showers or uh, things along those lines and supporting their friends, I mean, they're going to be sad. Yeah. But it's not like they forget, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're like, oh, right, I forgot my baby died. People don't. They're, it's constantly with them. Um, so some people choose not to do that for a period of time. Some people will never go to an event like that again. And some people will. I think it's really individual. And I just really what I, I come back to is like it is okay to take care of yourself. It is really 100% okay to do that. And what I would say for people who are know that they have a friend who's had a loss, mm-hmm. um, you know, because – I'm sure that they do. (laughs) They may not know that they know someone who's had a loss. Um, But I would acknowledge that and say, I would love your presence at this event, you know, either a baby naming or a a shower or whatever it is. And I really understand if you don't want to come. But just know I'm thinking about you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Call their child by their name. You know, I know you're missing whatever your baby's name is, whatever their baby's name Mm -hmm. is, right? Call their... Yeah. I think acknowledging that and just saying, I know this is awkward... I want you to know I value your presence and I 100% am supportive. If you can't come to this, I understand. Yes. And I, I, think, I think that's, really that's yes. I think just and not I love
0: hiding it. Exactly. Really Calling it out. But that was mm-hmm. great language. I always like for folks to use the language mm-hmm. because then people can adapt that to right. their own personality. Right. And I think that is perfect. The, mm-hmm. All of that that you just said in, in right. the way to do that acknowledging that, hey, I get that this might be hard for you right. and you don't want to. I'm inviting you because you matter to me and yes. it is okay to take care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when I, um, some experiences I have had is the mother um, or the parent has not felt comfortable mm-hmm. in saying, I don't feel comfortable in going. Mm-hmm. So, what are some mm-hmm. things that you would say to them about how to say to someone else, This is hard for me? I just like that. This is hard yeah. for me. I don't think I can do this right now. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be honest. Yeah. And when it comes to loss, the boundaries are okay. Yes. And when <laughs> it comes to loss, we, you know, I find and I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. it, it's really difficult to be honest you know right. we're very vulnerable mm-hmm. and we don't want to upset the other person or right. make the other person angry or right. hurt the other person and mm-hmm. it, it that's what fascinates me is i'm the one hurting and i'm you know right and i'm trying to take care of all these exactly, other people right exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. you comfort
2: in you don't comfort yes, out that <laughs> you is, know Yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. so um yeah. so that's good i like that so i would i would encourage anybody who's you know who knows someone who's have a lot had a loss really to give that person a lot of grace around mm-hmm. They may not call you back, and they may not want to go to things with you, and they may, yes. not, they may not want to do any of those things, but it really matters that you reach out. I mean, all the clients that I talk to talk about how important it is that people keep calling their baby by their name and remember anniversaries and remember um, because otherwise it can feel like they don't exist and that they never yeah. existed, and they did, and that's really important.
0: I want to hit on that. We're mm-hmm. going to take a short break, and mm-hmm. when we come back, I want to want to talk a little bit about that. Um, This is uh, Kathy Cooper. I'm talking with Lori Levy. She is a bereavement doula. Um, This is
1: Lost and Found. We'll be right back. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, what do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you, freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you. Your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at one 800 964 1553 That's one 800 nine six four one five five three. What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4pm to 5pm for the brand new show Story You with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4pm and be inspired
2: are you ready for something real raw upfront and honest then tune in each wednesday at 2 p.m right here for love from the hip i'm spiritual hypnotherapist master esthetician and the host sakura sutter This show
1: is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world, their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living, discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid's spend-downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com.
0: Get inspired every
1: hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper.
0: This is Lost and Found. And today my guest is Lori Levy, and she is a bereavement doula. And um, I want to thank you for all these things that you're sharing with us. Oh, I think goodness. this is, a, you know, a really important conversation. I hope uh, folks listening that you are, um, you know, I'm sure your heart is touched but I hope that it's it's being helpful to you in kind of knowing how to navigate this. And this is a this is a hard one to navigate. You know, older like you were saying earlier, when mm-hmm. people die that are older, it's expected, right. and so we can feel more comfortable with it mm-hmm. in some respects. But when it comes to infant death or mm-hmm. stillbirth, we it is you know very much something that that we are uncomfortable with right. and don't really know how to acknowledge. We don't
2: have a word in English that talks about like. What are you? I mean, you're a parent or you're not. We don't have a word for a parent of an infant who isn't living or a child who isn't living. Like if you lose your spouse, you're a a widower. Yes. We don't. uh, Other cultures have words for it. But we do. you? If I I I ask you that. No, I don't know what they are. (laughs) I wanted to put you on the spot. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, that's a good one. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. But there. Yeah, there are cultures that do have it. But we we don't. And that. Yeah. And that it makes it difficult. because It makes it it, difficult. It changes the
0: identity. Yeah.
2: And I think when, you know, when someone who is older than you, that's the natural order of things. Like, mm-hmm. we're all supposed to age and die at some point. And then you have all these memories that you can point to and look back at. And, but when you lose a child, mm-hmm. you have all these hopes that you're talking about as opposed to the memories. And that's it. Um, and I think that makes people who are trying to support, it's hard to hear that. Like, all these things I wanted
0: and it didn't get. Um, yeah, I think it's hard for support people to hear. Yeah. So let's, um, Sometimes. <laughs> be, be, let, let's do some um, specific things, uh, let the audience know about maybe some specific things they can say or mm-hmm. do and not do when they're wanting to support someone um, who has lost their mm-hmm. child. I'm glad you gave me that
2: question in advance because I made a big list. <laughs> Good.
0: Good. Hey, because I think it's really can do. important. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, I think that beforehand, if you know someone has had, a, um, if you know someone is anticipating a loss, their, mm-hmm. their baby... Um, has died and they're going to give birth, the baby's going to make it. I mean, anything that people can do to support them in advance. Mm -hmm. um, Send them a card. Bring them a meal. um, See if you can find them a doula. (laughs) (laughs) You know, see if you can connect them with resources if that's what they want. Know that they will probably be shocked and they may not want constant contact. But in in hindsight, I think people always appreciate all those people who reached out Mm -hmm. and said, your experience matters to me. Um. You know, things during a birth for the people who aren't going to be there, they can, they could have offered in advance, like, do you want me to manage a phone tree? Do you want me to um, bring you food? Do you want me to walk your dog? Do you want me to take care of things at home mm-hmm. while you're giving birth? Um, and then afterwards, I think most people typically think of like, oh, I'll bring you, you know, food and warmth. Yeah. You're going to bring you food. Yeah. Um, but even e- most of the meal trains run out after a few weeks, you know? And, um, People, I think, worry that um, that if they bring up the baby, that they're going to be reminding the person and calling, causing yes. them more pain. And but you're not. You're not reminding them of a tragedy. That's they're walking around with that all the exactly, time. Exactly. Exactly. What you are reminding them of is that you think
0: their baby mattered. Exactly. And I would really encourage
2: people to think of it that way.
0: Okay. Like, just I just want to take a pause there and let I that know. sink in. You're saying, I think your baby mattered exactly. Your baby mattered to me, Uh, and that's why the tears mm -hmm. come Mm -hmm. because when we Mm -hmm. know that somebody is empathizing with us, seeing you and is recognizing what is going on, the tears so you are not the big deal. So you are not making anybody cry, no, (laughs) and you're not making anyone upset as as someone that is supporting Mm -hmm. them. That you are. Connecting with that person, which is Mm -hmm. why they then maybe the tears come, which is why then you see the sadness come Mm -hmm. because you are you are bringing that you're connecting over that. And that's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm.
2: I spend a lot of time with people
0: postpartum and I'm not really saying anything. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I'm just saying, I mean, things that are helpful to say are this this stinks and I am so sorry. And if there's anything I can do to help Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to be an ear. And if you just want me to sit with you great, right. you know, I'm, I'm here to listen. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to make it better. You just need to let people talk or let people be with
0: you. Exactly. Right.
2: There isn't, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to fix it. And I, I think that's what people want to do. They want to offer I that know. negative hope. Yes. And it's too soon. So saying things like, oh, you can have another or... Um, you know, or things like that, or oh, it's all part of God's plan. Usually people don't want to hear yes. that. It's I, really hurtful.
0: You have other children
2: and you can you have, have more Oh, it's really hurtful. People yes. don't wanna yeah. and you know, the other thing I would encourage people to say is you did everything right. Um yes. because people beat themselves up.
0: They will look I at was gonna ask about everything
2: that. that they did. Yes. Everything that they did. They look at everything they ate and oh am I too old and Oh, if only I didn't take that one spin class before, mm-hmm. you know, I knew I was pregnant. Or oh, if I wasn't like lifting my other kid, you know, there's so many things that people will beat themselves, and they don't surely don't need other people adding to that burden. Yeah. How do you respond to that when um, they're beating themselves up? Gosh, they loved that kid. They did everything right. They're making all the right loving mm-hmm. decisions, and there's there's everybody. Yeah, everybody's doing the best they can with what exactly. they have. You know, and Yeah, and I think of people who do, like, things that really should derail a pregnancy. Like, they're doing a lot of drugs, right? Mm -hmm. And my heart hurts for those folks, too, because they love their children, right? They do, yes. So I don't mean to point fingers in that way, but anything like that, somebody who's a chain smoker, just can't quit, or or anything Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, might cause a pregnancy to go sideways, and they often, often their babies are fine. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that gives people comfort, right? Hearing that, like, you know, you could have been exposed. You could have been in Chernobyl when it went off, and your baby might have been fine. And here you are in this unfair, crummy situation. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I'll be here and walk with it through, walk through this experience with you.
0: And I think some of that can come, you know, as parents... Everything is the parents fault. If you have a child that, you know, right? If you have a child that's in trouble, no matter if right. they're 50 years old and you're 90, 80 mm-hmm. years old, if your son or child child is doing something, it you, as a parent, what did you do wrong? What mm-hmm. kind of childhood did they mm-hmm. have? And I I wonder if sometimes that plays into just mm-hmm. we have that cultural expectation mm-hmm. that you are so responsible for right. your kids that that means that if right. something has happened, it i did something. It must be yeah. my fault because mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. what we say. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's exactly. a hard that's and and that's one that you're it's right. It's not They're, their fault. No, who would who'd, who'd do this no on purpose? Who would exactly. be like I'm gonna do
2: something that's gonna yeah. cause my baby not to make it? You know Exactly. And what would yeah, nobody yeah, folks don't do that. No, not <laughs> at <know>? all. <laughs> they didn't not do anything all. wrong. Yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really good is for folks. I always tell folks that, you know, have the big shoulders, the big ears Mm -hmm. and a very small mouth because that's really what Mm -hmm. folks need. And like you were saying, fix. And I think that's what we want to do when we say those cliches is Mm -hmm. we want to make somebody feel Mm -hmm. better. And Mm -hmm. the more we can recognize not only you can't do it, but take the take that pressure off of us as someone trying to support and saying the best you can give someone is yourself. I can give you my shoulder. That's the presence. best I Absolutely. can give is my shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so folks, yeah, uh, you know, really try to take that that to heart because that's the best way to support someone.
2: And you know, what's unique about this experience too, and I think people forget, is that when you when you lose a baby at birth or shortly before, um, your body is still going to do all the things it would have done yes. if you if that baby had lived, right? So that's hard people, too. It, it, later in pregnancy are still going to give birth. Um, they may be fe- healing from tearing. They may have swelling. They may, they will likely still be bleeding. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and um, milk supply is in place by about the fifth month. So if someone experiences loss after five months, they're going to be lactating. So they're going to go home mm-hmm. and a couple of days later, they're going to be making milk. Um, and it's uncomfortable, and you know the the breasts get big, and people are leaking. And yeah, um, I had a client one time who said, "Oh, my body's crying," and I was like, "Oh, oh, wow!" That is like the most beautiful thing I think I had ever heard at that point. I mean, it was just a, is, an wow. amazing way to look at that. And I mm-hmm. think folks don't understand. Like, not only have you just had this uh, horrific loss of this child, but your body is still. Doing Acting all the things that like it, would do baby's if it was babies in your a, house, if, yes, yeah, exactly. And it's a huge hormonal oh, wow. shift, you know, the the progesterone changes and all of the changes with you know with lactation starting. It's two very huge hormonal shifts, um, and so folks so, so folks are doing their own physical healing and their body's still like, where where's the baby? baby. Give me a baby, you know, because I'm supposed to feed it. Now. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, and going through that. And I think people don't often think about I was gonna that, say, the that, physical yes, changes that exactly. are happening and,
0: uh, and the emotions that that triggers for people mm-hmm. yeah, because their body thinks that there is a, a child
2: there. Mm-hmm. There are people who, who, you know, will have babies who are in the NICU. This is amazing to me. This, this is love. That people uh, lose a baby who's been in the NICU and they've been pumping and expressing milk for however long. And then they end up donating that milk to other people. And sometimes people continue to pump. Because Uh they have lost their child, but they're like, I can feed this other kid in the NICU. Let me do that. And that's part becomes part of their healing. Yes. Like, what a gift. That is (laughs) what an amazing, amazing gift. Yeah. So sometimes
0: people feel moved to do that. Not everyone does. But um, yeah, which it's all normal. Something that can be found in that loss Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. being able to to give to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of a lot of that. There was
2: a. I mentioned that. What happened with, Swedish was that there was a grant that was written and, you know, we used the grant, right, for to to fund doulas. And then one of the clients who wanted to be anonymous, um, who had received bereavement duelist services, gave this huge gift um, to fund doulas for the next year because they found it so valuable that having that focus support and oh, the emotional yes. piece. Yeah, I've got a um, another client who I'm working with now who's doing a fundraiser to get cuddle cots and i don't know that people know what those are but they are bassinets but it's a bassinet that has like a cooling system in it um and they talked about you know they were they felt very fortunate because their daughter was born alive and they got a certain period of time where she was alive and but they spent 24 hours with her um and she had passed after eight or nine and um and and someone later said something awful to them like oh well she held up well Because you know degradation starts, and if a baby dies in utero, the degradation starts in utero, and the skin gets fragile. Um, And so the cuddle cots can help people spend the time that they need with with the baby, right? Because if you know after they're born, if they are deceased, then you know tissue starts to degrade. Wow. Whereas if you keep them cool, um, you can wow talk to them and do baby namings and whatever it is. Yeah. So they're doing a fundraiser to. To bring that together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is mm-hmm. amazing.
2: And I should mention, like, another thing for support people is um, if you are so honored to get to meet that baby, mm-hmm. and you often meet them after they pass, um, I would Google what do you, what to expect. Like, what are you going to see? And there are images all over the Internet. You can look up, you know, like, what does a deceased baby at 24 weeks gestation oh, look like? Okay. What does a deceased mm-hmm. baby at 30 weeks look like? What does a 30-week gestation baby who died a month ago in utero, what does that baby look like? Because what you never want to do is walk into that situation mm-hmm. and be aghast. Because this is their beautiful, perfect image. Yes. Infant, right? Yes. Um, and again, go to other people for support. Or if you really think, like, I can't look at this, then don't. Mm-hmm. you know don't mm-hmm. um, you know and send that, a card send some yes. other means of support but you know but you can say I would like to respect your space I want you to get the support that you need I don't know that I'm going to be great at this right now but maybe we can connect afterwards yes you know I mean yeah that's a good point I don't I, I don't want anyone walking into that space who's then going to need more comfort to, and they to comfort take away from, from the, the parents. parents yes you know yeah. because they're like oh my gosh I wasn't expecting you know, if it's unexpected, it's unexpected. That's one thing, but um, but you can absolutely get on the internet and and prepare. see all kinds of really, yeah, really beautiful images. I mean, mm-hmm. I, think they're, I think
0: well, see, they're and beautiful. I think and that's yeah. what it is. It, you know, the eyes of the beholder, right. as they say, and that's what right. is so important right. is normalizing it. Mm-hmm. And so even if you look at that mm-hmm. picture and you gasp while you're looking at it, mm-hmm. but at least you've you've gotten that out right. of the way. Right. And so then right. when you come in, I think you're able mm-hmm. then to see the beauty right in the child. And then yeah. When you see the the parents with the child, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Th- it's it's they gotta love be that beautiful. Baby. I mean, that's
2: really why people take childbirth ed classes. It's so you can watch a bunch of videos and go, "Oh my gosh!" And then when you get to the birth, right, you're like, "All right, this is normal." Yeah. And yeah. I would say the same thing if if someone's experiencing a loss. Like, what's what's normal here? What mm-hmm. can I expect so that I'm I'm not um, I'm not taking up energy that those families need. We have, yeah, uh,
0: actually. Okay, we just have a couple minutes mm-hmm. before I want to take a break and then we'll come back for our last segment. What, Just real quickly, what, mm-hmm. how has this work changed you or what have you found in this work that you continue to do it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I wish no one needed me,
2: right? Um, I'm going to yeah. say that first. Because when I first started doing, um, I mean, I've, I had supported a few people who had, had early loss and then I had a client who had a term loss, Um, and then I I moved, um, and people where I moved were like, oh, you've supported somebody through this loss. We're going to send you everyone who's having a baby who's not going to make it. And so I supported a lot of people. I worked with a public health nurse and I worked with, um, UC San Francisco and did a lot of volunteering around that. And, um, and I used to say, oh my gosh, I love this work. And I, and it's kind of the wrong sentiment. It's, it, um. It makes sense to other people who do it. But, do it yeah. but what I really want to say is it feels so important and so satisfying to know, like, I helped someone meet their kid with great yeah. joy and mm-hmm. great peace and to feel like they did the right things. And again, I wish no one ever needed me. It'd be great, mm-hmm. you know, if if, it, if I could work myself out of a job and not ever have to do this again. But um, but it, it is it is just, I just gained so much. It is super selfish. It is. People are so inspiring me and, like, the love yeah. they bring to those and the, um, the, the amount of sharing they do with mm-hmm. other people. And, you know, they've just met me. And people will go deep fast and be really honest. And it's, um, I mean, really, I think it makes, uh, attending any birth, I think, makes me a better person. Because it forces me to be very, very present mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not, if I'm home yelling at my yes. kids or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But you have to be right there then because that's the only thing that matters. Like, time gets weird in birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is so present, I would say the same thing. And if someone's experiencing a loss, that the time is really irrelevant. It's all the right here, right now. Like this yeah. is what we have. This is it. And This is all that matters. And that's a, I think, a fantastic discipline. That if I could carry it through yeah. <laughs> everywhere in my life, I think, yeah, that would be fantastic. So, thank you for yeah. being here. Thank you for having me. I great knowledge. Love that you. Your share this with people.
0: Yeah, I think this is this has really been great. great. And thank I, you. it's been so worthwhile. To hear and mm-hmm. I know I've learned some things and I know that the audience has and I feel like what we have discussed people on both sides can feel mm-hmm. a little more comfortable mm-hmm. in talking and communicating mm-hmm. about it and just being present with each other mm-hmm. so thank mm-hmm. you let's oh, take pleasure. a let's just take a, a quick quick break and when we come back we will end our segment with that warms my heart I'm Kathy Cooper this is lost and found
1: to some the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much but that's not true they're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at autismspeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 11:50.
0: And we are back. I'm going to uh, end the show with a that warms my heart moment. During her 35 years as a nurse, Lori Wood has been a hero many times over. And when Jonathan Pickard met Lori, he was homeless. If I wasn't staying at a shelter, I was staying in my car, he said. Jonathan has autism. He was raised by his grandma, but she died a few years ago, and there was no one else to care for him. Then to add illness to injury, doctors... In Georgia at Piedmont Newman Hospital told Jonathan he had heart failure at the age of 26. It was so bad he actually needed a heart transplant or else he was told he had six months to live. Part of the problem is you can't get a new heart can't even get on the transplant list if you don't have a home or some kind of support. Although there was nothing Lori could do as a nurse she decided there was something she could do as a mom because as she said, it just isn't fair and it doesn't seem right that he couldn't get a transplant. It was just in my heart that there was no other choice than to bring him to my home. So after knowing Jonathan for just three days, Lori invited him into her home and became his legal guardian. Jonathan now lives there full-time along with Lori's son, Austin. Because of her boundless compassion, Jonathan was able to get on the transplant list and in August, he got his new heart. And that warms my heart. I love this segment so much because it always makes me ask myself, what would I do? Would I be able to do the things that I talk about when I'm reading these stories? I hope that it encourages you to ask yourself the same thing and I hope it encourages both of us and all of us listening to make a difference in someone's life and every day try to warm someone's heart. Thank you, Lori, again for being with me today. Um, I appreciate your presence and the love that you give to all those people that you work with. And people, be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with others. And as Lao Tzu says, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. See you next week.